0: We've got some. Fresh
1: hey, I'm Luis! And I'm Luis! You and you're listening before. to the Content is Profit podcast. We spent the last four years
2: learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns
1: into profit. If you'd like to learn more on how to turn your content into profit, go to ContentIsProfit.com. Yeah, yeah! Yeah, yeah, guys, today. Today we
2: have an awesome guest, an awesome topic. We're going to talk about building the future of marketing with one of Forbes 30 Under 30. (gasps)
1: Say what? Mind blown. Guys, before we get started, please don't forget to hit smash that subscribe button. So that way you know where the episodes drop every single week in your uh, phone and also don't forget to follow us on social media at beast Rose we're happy to answer any questions that come through those dms
2: that is right guys and if you found this episode impactful which i am sure you will please don't forget to share it and and leave a
1: five star review all right it all started with a content conversation you have heard us talk about it before create content conversations ding That was the sound of her LinkedIn DMs when today's guest reached out. We're not only surprised by her outreach strategy, but by her accomplishments as well. And we are sure we're going to love what she has in store for us and what she's building.
2: That's right, guys. We we are certain you're going to love it as well. We've talked a lot about what it takes to create content. But what about that moment when your finger is about to press publish? Thousands of thoughts hitting you like a brick, wondering, what is going to happen? What are others going to say? Truth is, without pressing publish, no one sees your message. But how do we do it? Where do we do it?
1: On what platform? How much time is it going to take me? Well, our guest made her mission to remove all this friction for us entrepreneurs to spread our message and help millions. From her own experience, she tackled a massive problem and created the solution we are all looking for. Oh yeah, that's a hook right there, so you better keep listening. She helped social media teams simplify and speed up the way they create and manage social media campaigns. Oh baby. And her company became a Facebook partner in 2019. She spoke at the innovation stage at the very prestigious Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity. And she was recognized by Forbes in their 30 under 30 list. I got chills right now. Woo! Oh,
2: yeah, th- this is gonna be amazing, guys. Please welcome co founder of Planable, Forbes 30 Under 30, and probably Moldova's coolest person, Ms. Zeria Monta. Yeah. Hi, everyone! <laughs> This is probably
0: the best intro I've ever had. Definitely the most hyped and fun one, that's for
1: sure. Awesome, Xenia. We are so excited to have you here with us today. Wow. Thank you for uh, letting thank us start you. our day like this.
2: Yeah, thank yeah. you for yeah. introducing yourself to <laughs> us. Like, I feel like you just opened this, this whole new world and we are extremely excited.
0: thank you so much for having me here it's definitely the best way to wrap my day so thanks (laughs) for doing this
1: yes (laughs) and for those listening guys uh zenia right now is in romania correct
0: yes yes that is correct bucharest
1: yeah bucharest oh my god like uh, this is so exciting like uh this is what we've been talking about lately, like the the ability to connect with people from yep. all around the world and, and share the message. You know, we had people from Australia, you from Eastern Europe, all over the United States, and we can't wait for you to bring the fire and teach us a little bit more about your story <laughs> and what you're doing because it's so exciting. <laughs> Very happy to do it. <laughs> awesome. So for those listening, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, who who are you, who's Xenia and how... These, like this entrepreneurial fire kind of started and where are you heading now?
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, I, I was born, uh, born and raised in uh, Republic of Moldova. That's a tiny, tiny country between Romania and Ukraine uh, in Eastern Europe, a post-Soviet country. Um, And, you know, I studied mass communication. I was always dreaming since I was a teenager. I was obsessed with the world of advertising. I was reading everything I could get my hands on. And I went to study, you know, mass communication and advertising. Um, And I was always extremely fascinated about the industry. I was dreaming of working in in an agency, like a super (laughs) creative agency at some point in my life. And I actually got to start an agency um, very early on in my second year of university. I started my own uh, venture the first business I I ever had Uh, I actually had a a few small ventures before that but this was the first like real real business that I've ever started it was a social media marketing agency yeah Um, and that that was like the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, but to be honest, I, I you know, you mentioned you asked about the entrepreneurial spark and where did it come from. Um, I never, you know, it was not a dream of mine to be an entrepreneur. I, I was never dreaming about entrepreneurship and having my own uh, own business. You know, being uh, you know raised in Eastern Europe, not the best economy for sure. You know, you're not, you know, you don't have those role models in your life. Um, and I was, you know, I, I never dreamed about it. It was a total accident; it yeah. just happened. But I'm super, super happy it did. I'm super happy that you know it brought me where I am today.
2: That's awesome. That is, I, I love it. I, I'm kind of curious. What were some of those, you know, like first businesses that you had before, <laughs> before the agency, right? <laughs> the, um, the unofficial yes. ones.
0: Yeah. So I had like a small, small venture when I was still in high school. I was uh, designing and crafting um, handmade jewelry um, wow. and I was selling it on Facebook uh, so it was like kind of my first uh, fashion e-commerce <laughs> you could say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was, you know, I, I was doing I, I was doing that during high school, and yeah. it was, uh, you know, I was not the most profitable for sure, but it was really fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, no, very I... different from what I'm doing today, you know, the tech <laughs> world and the advertising world. But I think, you know, it it it, I, it taught me a few lessons about branding and marketing and selling your products online and and customer support as well. So quite a good uh, upstart for my entrepreneurial journey.
1: That's yeah, ama- that, definitely. That's amazing. We often like. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are getting into entrepreneurship, or you know, any any kind of you know selling anything, right? Kind of like oversee like. They don't really pay attention to those past experiences, but there's there's so many lessons there. Like you yeah. just said, like I just started. It, it might not be the thing that I do now, but it taught me so many lessons, like customer service and these things. And and we also started a while back as a social media marketing agency. But even before that, right? We we just went and bought like these soccer jerseys and went back to like our high school and sold them. Uh, you know, a fifty percent profit or something like that. And we're like, wow, it taught us, you know, this uh, this very amazing principles that now we're using to like our business so thank you for sharing those stories and i hope this serves as you know excitement or like motivation for those people that are actually starting especially to publish and trying to sell things yeah. so it's a whole I, learning experience i, I want to add a little bit something here
2: and some people think their first business has to be the one that is going to change their <laughs> life right and it's like hey no totally not it's totally okay to fail multiple times as long as you keep moving forward
0: I think it's even better if you start with something smaller because it's, you know, there's less pressure, um, you get to experiment, you get to fail, you get to just make it messy, it doesn't need to be perfect, yeah. uh, so just, you know, it can be anything and it's even better to be anything yeah. um, because, you know, you don't need that pressure of like building a unicorn business from the first, uh, you know, business. And it definitely helps
1: to just start yeah. with something smaller. Yeah. So I'm very curious because we obviously are located in the in United States right now, but we are originally from Venezuela, right? And, uh, yeah, Venezuela, wonderful people, but I, I feel like the entrepreneurial like fire is, is massive here in the States. So I'm very curious to uh-huh. see like, what was that environment of you, you know, being so passionate about advertising about these things, uh, and, uh, Maybe in your country. I don't know. Like, I'm very curious to see, like, what's what's it like in Moldova? You said it was a very, it is a very small country. And now in Romania, like, what's that environment like? What's the rest of the world doing? So I think, like, this is an amazing opportunity to kind of share that window with everybody here.
0: Yeah, definitely. So the passion for advertising and marketing, I think that was just my own. Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that the entire Moldova is not super passionate, (laughs) super into design and communication. I think that's just something I had in myself. I don't know why um it, it just came <laughs> it just came with myself Uh but it, it's 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 interesting that you ask you know the um romania for example has quite a very strong ecosystem of startups and more specifically tech um it has great technical universities in moldova as well so it's really amazing uh in regards to like talent um in terms of like business i, I feel like it's it's starting. It's booming right now. Um, there was actually an article um, that uh, mentioned that named uh, you know a part of uh, Romania. It's called Cluj. It's in Transylvania. And they named it like the Silicon Valley of the Eastern Europe know, wow. uh, because of just like the booming talent of tech and the universities. And it's it's quite amazing. And I I feel like this is the first first step in you know developing the business industry. In Romania, you start, you know, a very strong talent, and then the next step is developing the business side of it. And I can already see that, you know, there's a lot of investments coming in into startups in here, uh, in Romania. And, you know, it's, it's starting to uh, to bloom the the ecosystem of startups here
1: yeah th- this is so exciting to see because we were actually having a conversation a few days back with somebody in Colombia right and I think it is Cali, the the what they're naming like the capital the the capital of like technology in South America so I kind of see that you know with Romania and this just opens so many possibilities for everybody out there right it's it just like the the field is wide open for us to provide yeah. solutions uh, all around the world so this is this I I just I'm very excited
0: yeah. <laughs> and we, we actually had our first uh, unicorn in Romania recently so first business that you know hit uh, a billion in, in revenue. It's wow. called um, uh, UIpath and I think uh, there's been a lot of media about them and yeah. they're uh, probably the fastest growing enterprise. Uh, business ever um they've been like tripling their valuation across a few months wow so it's incredible and you're having success stories like that in your country really uh motivates everyone to to start their own business they can see that you know it's real you can build a business like that from your own country and you don't need to go somewhere else you can just create it right there
2: exactly it kind of reminds me of the four minute mile story right that is um, I don't remember the name, but people thought running a four-minute mile was impossible, And then this one guy yeah. did it. And after that one, one guy did it, it sparked the belief in other people. And a lot Everybody of other started people to started yeah. to achieve that goal, right? And, and I think that's what you're saying right now. Like, you have this one company yeah. that achieved the unicorn status. And now other people are going to believe as well that maybe you don't have to be in the U.S., to be able to do (laughs) that, right? Or in other certain parts of the world. And like my brother was saying, I think that levels the the playing field. And I love it.
0: Yes, yes. That's, I I agree with you a lot. And especially right now during this entire uh, COVID phase that we're going through, I think, you know, we can see that The level the the playing field is getting leveled even more Mm -hmm. uh, because you know we can connect like that and you know you don't need to be in a specific location you don't need to be in london or new york or san francisco because it, it doesn't really matter right now. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. one is actually there for real. Everything happens, you yeah. know, online.
1: A hundred percent. So, Tania, from, from going to like this, like few businesses where you learn a ton, right? I, I'm, I'm guessing now you are going into college and then you start your social media marketing agency, like for real, right? Yes. This is like business, like step number one. Let's go now. <laughs> what was that like? Yeah. Like, what was the beginning for you? And then what made you create plannable which is you know the direction that we're going at like that amazing business that you have now uh we're very interested in that part of the story like how did that happen how do you go from that agency model to now running this amazing startup in one of the hottest hubs of startup land ever
0: (laughs) yes uh definitely so uh, we you know i started my my uh, first business the social media marketing agency uh during the university and it was not something planned um one of the, I was in a student association and one of the sponsors of the association needed someone to just handle their social media marketing. And here I was, you know, super passionate about social media marketing and advertising and everything. I was like, hey, I'll do it. You know, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. You need a company. You need to, <laughs> you need, we need, we need invoices and all of that. I was like, okay, you know, let me learn how to do that. that so it sense. just happened, you know, and I, you know, the first couple of months I didn't even registered myself you know mentally that I, I was an entrepreneur i didn't label myself as an entrepreneur i was like i'm just doing the services you know i'm doing what i love yeah. and then the team started growing and i realized that oh just wait a second i'm actually <laughs> running a business <laughs> <laughs> um and then you know during the agency life that i had I, I learned so much about the processes and everything that happens behind the scenes of uh, social media marketing, just like the overall operations, the nitty gritty, yeah. how a post gets to actually being live on social media, what happens behind the post, the people that are involved, the, the back and forth. And I, I was very extremely frustrated with the tools. <laughs> I felt like, you know, us marketers were, you know, building this extremely gorgeous content, visual, creative, moving, you know, innovating content. And then when we're presenting it or when we're working on it it's just like in a flat spreadsheet in a table and it's yeah. you know stuck in there in those cells um, and it's really hard to consume and, and imagine content in a way like that uh, so i was looking for tools for myself and uh, for my own agency to have a better way of uh, collaborating on content on posts for facebook for twitter for instagram uh, with my own team, um, and I realized that everything that was on the market back then, you know, tools like Hootsuite and, and Buffer and, and Sprinkler and Sprout Social, a bunch of other ones, they were helping me a lot. They were helping me a bunch with um, just publishing and scheduling, and they were taking a lot of the issues of, of publishing, but they were not really helping me with everything else in terms of the workflow, in terms of, hey, what do you think about this post? Is it ready to get published? So, no, please change that emoji it's not on (laughs) brand or whatever yeah um so that was that was very complicating and very messy and we were wasting so so much time just on this entire back and forth and um i uh, met my co-founders at a hackathon actually um in uh, in moldova we knew each other from from before but that's the first time when we started to work together And they both worked in the industry, so they they were both familiar with the advertising uh, agency world.
1: Um,
0: And one of my co-founders, our current CTO, uh, he actually came up with the idea. Well, you know, I am seeing my colleagues struggling with the same issue that you're describing. Let's build something. And that's kind of how it all started, you know, trying to scratch our own itch and trying to, (laughs) you know, solve our own problem. Um, And, yeah, it's been a bumpy, bumpy ride since then, just a complete roller coaster, uh, (laughs) as as any business is. Um, But, yeah, we, you know, we went to that hackathon and then we went, uh, we moved to Romania, all of us. We were, you know, we're originally three co-founders, so all of us, we moved to Romania, to Cluj. Uh, the uh, Silicon Valley of Eastern Europe. yeah and we moved there. Uh, we went through a pre-accelerator. we got our first very small uh, angel investment, but that you know got us going for like the first year wow. of developing the product and yeah. customer development. We were very young so we didn't need to <laughs> <laughs> we, we, did, we were not very picky um, and surviving yeah, we, you know, like we ramen
2: noodles so surviving on <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly that was all we needed. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, we know we developed the product. We went through customer development quite a lot, and uh, it was a really you know engaging experience. And it was we, you know we learned so much about startups back then. And the entire quick accelerator actually finished with um, a demo day uh, in a competition, right. um, and we won that competition. Uh, and the prize was to go to San Francisco. Uh, for a week, uh, but it turned to be a three-month trip to wow. San Francisco. Uh, yes, because I was invited <laughs> to uh, Tim Draper's uh, university. Okay. Um, Tim Draper is like this Amazing. huge uh, legendary uh, yeah. DC in the valley, and he has this academy for young entrepreneurs, a seven-week academy where you go and like learn everything you need and you shape yourself into like... Uh, you know a good good founder yeah
2: um
0: and that's you know what i did and it was that was the beginning of of, of Planable.
2: wow uh, uh,
1: I, for I, those wait, yeah, for, yeah. for
2: those that are listening <laughs> just listening right now go to the facebook stream because you're gonna see your hypnotized <laughs> face we're like just <laughs> absorbing this whole story is amazing i love it and i'm gonna say this you know like we come from the direct response marketing world, so obviously it's a little bit different than the investment side, right? Like the, the, getting the yeah. investors and startups. But at the same time, I love that that word, <laughs> that, that world. I absolutely love it. So this story has been fascinating, and I mean, it, I, I'm just surprised at you know how willing you are to go from one place to another, chase it. That it sounds like you are a very driven person, right? And the other part that I love of your story is that it all started from your own problems, right? And yeah. we often hear that the best the, the best market that we can help, right? The best type of people that we can help are those that find themselves where we were maybe a year or two years before, right? And that's exactly what you're doing. You had this issue that met with your co founders and were like, guys, wh- why don't we solve this, right? Yeah. Why don't we solve this? And then you're helping those people that are exactly at the same spot probably that you were a few a few years back, which is absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah that's the best way to go because you, you are your ideal user. So you can empathize with them. You know their issues. You know their concerns. So you're just they are in their mind and you
1: yep. know, that's the best way to, to build a business in yep. my opinion yeah 100% thank you for sharing that story because you know from our start like the way that we do our business and our agency side mm-hmm. the product the main thing that we actually execute it came from an issue that we were having we, we wanted to create all these points of contact with our audience with our clients as far as like pieces of content going out and we're like okay how can we hack this omnipresence game how can we be present for our audience everywhere as many times as possible providing a lot of value and this is why the show exists this is why yep. we do what we do and then from that we identify there was a lot of people that wanted you know that solution as well so we're like perfect you know we're and and it's exactly what you did with planet where we're like okay how do i actually collaborate with my teams how do i actually receive feedback in a visual matter how can i like make this thing like something really tangible and you went after it and and did it so it is a wonderful story on Starting first off, starting to publish, you know, starting to create that content, and then that originated obviously a problem that you came out with a solution with your team and are doing things very amazing. By the way, I was uh, like, we're probably gonna be like diving into (laughs) your platform very, very soon because, uh, uh, yeah, as soon as we started doing the research, we're like, we need this thing, and we're gonna (laughs) tell the people where to find you. So, we're like, yes, we need to uh, make this happen. I don't, uh, yeah, it's happening. So, (laughs) Just know that you at least have well, we're super so, happy to hear to that. Customers, yeah. <laughs> so, um, through this period, like, what are some? Maybe like, what is like one or two of the biggest challenges that you had? Because, um, it, with our audience, we chat often about obviously starting to publish and and the mentality and the mindset of starting to put yourself out there, and that brings. Uh, you to face these inner monsters, right? I, I need to put out my my own opinion. I need to express my own thoughts and kind of form your your, your things. And, and those are challenges that a lot of people struggle with at a very basic level, which are totally legit. We were there, right? But at your level, like what are some of those challenges that you started, not, maybe, not just with publishing, but with putting yourself out there with your business, right? You literally left your life to go to this new place and what are these things? And then how do you? How are you able to overcome these problems?
0: Yeah, like personal challenges with with business and with yeah, uh, there's a bunch of them. I, I think you know the biggest challenge with putting yourself out there as an entrepreneur and talking so much about yourself is that um, your stories, which is your life, it's you, they get diluted. Um, it's like you're starting to. You know, ask yourself if this is, <laughs> if that's actually yours. It doesn't become, it's, you know, it's it's not that much yours once you put it out there. It kind of belongs to the audience. Mm. And from an emotional perspective, you kind of start to lose a bit of those stories. They're not yours so much anymore. That sounds very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, uh, <laughs> you're fun, uh, fun, fun. But no, but <laughs> we, love, we love where this is going yeah, because yeah.
1: sometimes we need to have these hard conversations because sometimes in the entrepreneurial world, especially like if you want to advertise or you want to do content, especially if you're like a smaller business, you have yeah. to put those stories out there yeah. to be able to, to sync with people. And uh, if you're not willing to do that, that's okay but you need to identify. So, so I love where this the conversation yeah. is going. So pl- yeah. please go ahead and continue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Uh, on your own risk. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the issue with this is that the more you repeat a story, the more it, it gets diluted and the more you can feel like it's your own thing, like it's your own personal thing. Uh, so you kind of lose touch with those things. They become the legends that you tell about yourself. Um, and it starts to also, though it's like a real thing, a real experience, a real story that you actually went through, um, you start to feel less authentic when you tell it in time, uh, because, you know, it got diluted and then you're asking yourself, oh, I'm telling this story so many times. Is it like, was it like that? Did I add it up? Did I flourish it a bit? Did I, you know, um, and in, in, the, the. The the, the idea of losing the authenticity um, of yourself is, I think, one of the biggest struggles and trying to keep it, you know, you want to make it sound cool and you want to make it sound big and you want to position yourself in the best light, Uh, but while you're building those stories, while you're building that legend about yourself, there is a big risk of losing yourself as well, like personally, as a human being.
1: How have you been able yeah. to to stay centered through all of this? Because it's it's been years now that you've been doing this. So what like what are some things that you do to kind of stay centered and be like grounded?
0: Yeah, I. It's hard. It's extremely extremely hard. I think the way I'm trying to do it is when I get questions that are very, um, they're positioned in a way where you know people are trying to get like a very fancy and impressive answer from you and I don't have a fancy or impressive answer I try to just say it you know how it is like You know, people ask me a lot about what books I'm reading. I don't, I don't read business books. Look, I I don't, I don't read any business books. I don't read it. I don't follow any CEOs and I'm not doing that. I know that's very controversial (laughs) and surprise, surprise. I don't wake up at 5am and I don't go jogging. (laughs) So that's not me. I don't meditate. So all those things that you read about entrepreneurs, I'm not doing them. And I feel like I need to force myself to just give those answers that are true and authentic about myself um instead of you know telling people what they need to hear uh, it's hard but you need to do it you need to do it from like the first it's a slippery slope you know once yeah. you're gonna give you know a more twisted and embellished answer and then it's very hard to um stop doing that well, <laughs> so you need
2: to be true to yourself I, I love everything you said you know um i mean especially first Talking about your story so many times, right? Like you said, like you, it it feels like it starts diluting, and then you feel like that that lack of authenticity. Um, Yeah. And I feel honest, like I I agree with that. You know, it is difficult to say your story over and over again, but I I think for those listening, right, like don't get discouraged because every time you say it, you might be impacting somebody else different that they didn't know about your story, right? Like, yes, you are listening your story constantly (laughs) because you're saying it, right. Um, but we don't know who, who we can reach. So I love yeah. that. And, and it's so real what you're talking about. I love that you mentioned the fact that you're different, right? The fact that you don't read the, the business books, don't do just the meditations as, as other CEOs, their, their practices. And I love that because actually the other day, I have this this little note, notebook right here that <laughs> I'm taking notes in, and, and I just like sometimes write random stuff. And... You know, there's this phrase, like, if, if you want to find success, you, success leaves clues, right? And you, you can model after success. And I love that, absolutely. You know, I think we can definitely learn uh, a lot of stuff from people that already achieve success and then act accordingly together. But at the same time, I was writing, like, well, like, if you're just modeling everything that other person do, like, then where are you, right? Like, and yes. you're talking about that authenticity, like, losing yourself in the road, you're just like, Learning how to think like other person, which right. again they achieve success, and obviously there's something there that they did correctly, but at the same time it's that feeling of yourself, right? Like where am I then? You know, who who am I yeah. at the end of the day?
0: Yeah, and that's not to be confused with improving yourself. Like it, that's so yeah. important yeah. for me. You know, I, I always want to improve myself. I want to be more focused. I want to be more. Productive. I do a bunch of stuff, like I turn my notifications off during the day so I can focus on specific parts. I have days blocked in my calendars for a specific type of work. So I do get stuff from other people, but it's extremely important. I wanna, I wanna achieve success while staying myself. Yep. Uh While say, you know, keep being true to myself. Um, and yeah, you have to prioritize. Like, what are the things that you wanna improve in yourself? If you find like. If if you always wanted to um, wake up at 5 a.m. and go jogging or meditate and, you know, that's something that you want to do, um, then, you know, that that could be considered improving yourself. But if you struggle with that and you want to do it just because that's what successful people do, then yeah that's
1: not okay (laughs) i I think i think this is this is an amazing point in the conversation because uh like you said so often we see these very successful people and they do what works for them but sometimes if we are in this path where maybe we're not quite there yet maybe we don't have the support we don't have the team we don't have the people that surround these people that allows them to do that then we try to imitate it and then what we do is we just add friction to or day to day sure. that's gonna prevent us to taking action in the things that actually matter so I, I it, it, sorry it, I'm gonna make the the analogy here is
2: it's just like a business that you can scale to a certain point and have certain systems in place right like if you scale too fast right if you t- try to do all these things that they're doing and we don't know the context within what how they're doing it or where they're doing it what they're doing it yeah um, we might not have those systems in our life to support that and that might be you know, that's probably when we feel that imposter syndrome a little bit. That's like, oh, that yeah. conflict within us.
1: And, and to bring it to, yeah. uh, to the context of, of content creation, right? So if you are in Implantable, in, in right? You're in the platform with Xenia and, and you have all these posts put out and you're like, okay, I want to be like these massive publishers like Payne June or Grant Cardone. or These guys are everywhere all the time and they publish several times a day in several platforms, right? Even though you might have a, an amazing tool at, at your disposal, What yeah bring it back to like what what can you execute right now, right? What can your team execute? Um and I think that's a very important point. Even though you can learn, you like always bring it back to you and what your resources, either time or money, allow you allows you to do that. So thank you. I I was not expecting that we're gonna be actually talking about (laughs) this. So this is amazing. Me neither. So So, we love it. We love it. (laughs) That's amazing. So uh so why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the platform Planable. like i am yeah. i am excited to know a little bit more about it because after this i'm a, i'm a, i'm yeah i'm 100 sure you where it. Yeah. yes <laughs> I, I, i'm excited for other people to know about
2: this because i'm uh, so many people need this
1: exactly this is the <laughs> thing that we never knew we needed but now we need it and want it exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the
0: perfect description so um okay let me tell you a bit about Planable. um the idea behind it is that it's a collaboration product, a collaboration tool for social media teams. and it replaces the spreadsheets that people usually use to plan editorial calendars for the next week or for the next month. Uh, it also replaces like drive or Dropbox or your own desktop or wherever you you know host and organize your files, your images, your videos, your your gifs, whatever you're, you know you want to publish. Um, It replaces that part and it also replaces the email or the chat or the phone or the Slack or whatever you're using to communicate and gather feedback uh, on those posts. And it just brings everyone who needs to be involved in the process of uh, creating posts, discussing posts, reviewing posts, planning them and approving them. You know, copywriters, social media managers, designers, video producers, If you're an agency and you have clients, the clients as well. If you're an in-house social media team, the lawyer if they need to approve your posts. If you're in the regulated space, you might need to. um, Whoever needs to be involved in the process, they're all they're all there. They all see the same things. And the most, my favorite thing about the product is that it shows. It shows you how the posts are going to look like in the end, like pixel perfect, like accurate previews of how your posts will look like in the end. And that's amazing for a few reasons, but I'll actually share a story from my my own experience with the agency on how I was achieving that back then. Yeah. Because many times clients were like, well, how is this going to look like? You know, try and explain a carousel post <laughs> uh, to clients sometimes, you know, it's going to have like these images and... It's, it's really hard. So I was yeah. trying to explain that to them, uh, to present them, to help them see the content. And I had a fake, um, unpublished uh, Facebook page. And I was going in there, was, like creating the posts, uh, mocking them up, uh, publishing them on that Facebook page that was unpublished and had no followers whatsoever, <laughs> taking the screenshot, adding them in wow. uh, a PowerPoint presentation and sending that to clients. Before that, wow. uh, I actually had like a mock ups in Photoshop. So I was like Photoshopping them, but then I got smarter and I was like, oh, let's do an unpublished page on Facebook. That's actually a really um, smart.
1: Yeah, that's actually really smart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, I've, t- I've told this story so many times to social media managers and they all, like so many of them resonate. Like I, I feel like 90% yeah. of them have Facebook pages that are like for test purposes. Because there's two things. You want your clients to see your work, exactly how it's going to look like. But then the second thing is, for yourself, you want to have peace of mind that the post is going to look like you want it to look, that Facebook is going to take the metadata of a link and, you know, the thumbnail of a link is going to display correctly, that you're not, you know, LinkedIn, you're not going to have those gray stripes on the left and right, you know, that it's going to look perfect, just like you have it in your own imagination. So you go in there, you mock it up, you're like, okay, good, looks good. Um, And then you schedule it or you show it to the clients. Uh, And we're replacing that entire thing because when you create posts inside Planable, they already look as though they're on on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or or LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really helps with collaboration and the entire workflow that happens from when a person, a team, um, ideates things together yeah. uh, on a bunch of posts until uh, the publishing itself.
1: That's so cool.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love the, the simplifying <laughs> of it. You know, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. If I would have to do the... They publish on Facebook and screenshot and all that stuff. I would like, I'll be halfway through the process. I'll be like, No, it's like I'm out of here. Yeah, we, <laughs> goodbye. we have a
1: couple of stories where we used to own a screen printing company, and oh. the reason we stopped doing that was because we didn't love the process. So, you found that you identify that issue and created a solution for it. Like we never on that screen printing company never went there because we're not passionate about it. So we, we created an issue by starting the, that company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a Very big issue. Yeah. So talk about commitment and the fact that you created that solution for a lot of people and the way that you share that story, mm. we're here like, yes, that is us. Like on <laughs> our own company, we have been able to, we, we have, we need to create these systems to deliver these things not just the final product but like all these elements in between and i found wonderful that you guys went above and beyond to do this so for those listening right if you have that product if you have uh, like anything that you're working on that service please continue. Go through it and find a solution yeah. to actually get, how can I serve better my audience? How can I serve better my clients? And that, which is exactly what you did and and that's exactly what content and publishing is all about. It's trying to find those issues and providing a solution on the back end. Um, you mentioned in one of your episodes, in, your, in one of your, of your guest podcasts, that technology is, is moving at a very fast pace and yeah. especially in the social media world. And it doesn't allow for, for people to establish systems. Like, I, I, I want you to dive in a little bit into that because especially when we're, let's say we're in a content creation agency or content producing agency and we go out to all these customers, they expect all these processes to be formalized but they are not. So how do you fight that or what are some things that you can do to minimize that impact so any content creation, any content producer can actually deliver with the least amount of friction?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, think about this like that. Advertising is 100 years old, um, but the internet is like, what, 20, 30, 50 max years old. The entire social media world is 20 years old. So it's extremely, extremely new. We're very new uh, to this. So we didn't get the chance. we didn't get the time to actually build those processes. So we took some of those processes from like traditional marketing, traditional advertising, uh, you know the emails and just figuring out the conversations, presenting work and meetings. those are very really traditional ways of of operating of marketing operations. Yeah. um but but social media you know operates in a totally different uh, space. you need to be extremely agile you need to be very nimble it needs to be real time if you want to make it work so you need like a super super smooth process mm. um and I think that's you know the reason why this entire space this entire category, uh, where we are right now, collaboration for content is new because content in itself, the entire content marketing industry, is pretty new as well. So, the, you know, the first problem that people needed to solve when uh, content appeared was the publishing of content. How do I get to publish content easily? And then coordination. How do I figure out what content I need to publish? How does that content need to look like? That was the second question that they had to ask. Uh, the first one was just like ma- trying to manage the extreme amount of content that the industry was was facing, the, the extreme demand of content consumers had. And then the second question was like, how do we make it better? How do we ensure that it's brand consistent? How do we ensure that it's diverse, that everyone from the company has a point of view and gets the chance to say their feedback? And that's, you know, why our category is quite, quite varying, you know. Um, that, that just explains, uh, you know, why tools like Planable just, you know, started to exist recently.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. It, it, yeah. Is, what do you think this industry is going? Like where, where, where's the future of like social media marketing? Where's the future of marketing in general? Where's it going?
0: Yeah, uh, it's going to be very similar with, with what we discussed so far. You know, it's all about authenticity. And I feel like we've got a glimpse of the future of content during this entire coronavirus mm. um, uh, phase because, you know, we've seen so many brands just building content however they could, you know, with limited resources, super scrappy, uh, you know, content that feels like it was built by by humans and not like massive production studios, mm. but content that feels like it was built by, you know, a user with an iPhone. Um, very scrappy, very agile. And I love that. It just, you know, gives you a very genuine uh, feel. And it, it, you know, it resonates a lot with so many brands and I yeah. think it resonates with us. You know, uh, it's just very human. And I think that's the future of content as well. Love it. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we're going to have very well produced and sometimes you need very well produced yeah. uh, pieces of content. Uh, but otherwise just making it as as authentic as possible i think that's that's definitely 100% the future of content
2: i love i love this right here uh i mean i've said that i love everything and it's because i do the the whole conversation has been amazing (laughs) yeah yeah he
1: loves everything literally but
2: but but like i mean you know you're talking about authenticity and the other day i was actually editing one of our clients videos right and i'm like he, I, I heard him say that the more kind of like te- technological advancement there is, uh, the more people are looking for that human connection, right? Like now, yes. na- now we're craving that human, sh- uh, that human connection. And we on our side to our clients, we always say, it's like, Hey, look, quality of the message is way more important than quality of the production at first, right? Like focus on the message, right? Make it authentic. Like you're saying. So, that's the reason why i love this because i mean it just connects exactly with what what we preach as well and i want to pretty much take advantage of this moment right here for the listeners guys just go and produce the content it doesn't have to be the best production out there just it it has to be authentic it has to be you and there's people that's gonna connect with it there of course there's gonna be people that that you're not gonna connect with and that's totally okay as well right and as long as you're being authentic, you're going to co- connect with the right audience. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And then you can iterate on that content later on. Exactly. You can improve it. But yeah. right? it's so much more important to shift things faster. And then you can make them perfect later on. 100%, um, you know, yeah. next pieces of content, you can make them a little bit better step by step. And you're yep. going to reach that perfection you want. But ship first.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I love it. We're, I think we're gonna take this as an action point for the show today. It's like be authentic, you know. elaborate. and there's so many, so many points that you share with us, Zinia. Like it's so amazing, and thank you. We we appreciate that. Thank you. We wanna ask. There's a couple more questions here as we wrap up the show. Um, we obviously want to motivate people to be present to share their message with the world, and uh, you know, your platform allows them and their teams to do that. But we also want to ask you where like where would you be if you did not start publishing either for you or for your clients like where will you be now
0: oh that's a tough question I ask this question myself in, in our own podcast I ask people uh, you know that I interview what what would they do if they wouldn't do what they're doing today what else would they do i I'm not prepared to answer but I think <laughs> I think I, I I think I would still be um, in in the advertising world, probably on the creative side of things. Uh, I have a background in, in graphic design, and um, that's probably what I would do, be doing, you know, at the moment. Either having my own studio, design studio, or just freelancing. Um, that's something that I, I would possibly do. So still not very far away from what
1: I'm doing today. <laughs> yes. T- nice. Thank you for sharing, yeah. sharing with that. And, uh, you know, I think most people answer the, the way that you do. Nobody's really prepared for that. Even us, <laughs> <Yeah. like> we <laughs> actually have no idea where we will be. Yeah, like
2: we, we ask a question to other people, but we don't ask it to
1: ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same as me. Yeah. Same as me. <laughs> and uh, now the, la- the last question before we head out is where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Where can people connect with your company? We're yeah i'd
0: love to connect with everyone on linkedin i'm very active there so just like drop me an email drop me a connection request i'm super happy and excited to connect with you all guys so Hit me there and
1: uh, yeah, let's chat. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Guys, do it. Do it. Because she is absolutely amazing. (laughs) She is. Um, (laughs) Thank you. And I think that's it, Zenia. We have like two more minutes after we wrap up the show. But with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the episode. Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe. Content is Profit podcast and follow us on social media. That's right. Oh,
2: that's right, guys. (laughs) And if you found this episode impactful, which I am sure you did. Please don't forget to share it and leave a five-star review.